welcome to True Crime IRL, true crime in real life. I'm your host, Kelly Barron's Brink. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to True Crime IRL on this beautiful, overcast, rainy Mother's Day 2022. I hope all of you out there are having a great day. I'm recording from home today and you may hear my own little angels, my two sons, yelling in the background, fighting over video games, stuff like that, you know, the usual. (laughs) Today we're taking it easy, no big plans, maybe a movie later, which I definitely won't be able to pick. It'll be my my kiddos picking that movie. Happy Mother's Day to me. So yeah, I definitely started the day with some coffee, some homemade gifts from my little guys. So it's been a good day so far. But I know that Mother's Day can be really hard for some of us for so many different reasons. Maybe you lost your mom, you lost a child, maybe you've got trauma from your past or difficult circumstances that make this day bittersweet or just plain bitter for you. And I just wanted to let you know you're heard, you're loved, and I'm sending everyone virtual hugs who needs them today. So sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough as a mom or that I'm failing miserably. Uh, I think I think we all feel like that from time to time, but Today's episode is going to make you feel a whole lot better about your own parenting skills because no doubt you are a better parent than the moms we're going to be talking about today. In honor of Mother's Day, I'm bringing you a list of the worst moms in America. And all my episodes talk about terrible stuff, you know that. But today's episode has its own trigger warnings because we do talk about, sadly, the death of children and things like that. So you've been warned. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. I love you guys. Enjoy your day and enjoy this episode of The Worst Moms in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Susan Smith. Susan Smith is currently serving life in prison after intentionally driving her two little boys, Michael, three years old, and Alexander, 18 months old, into a lake while they were strapped into their car seats. The case gained international attention because she'd claimed that a black man had stolen her car and kidnapped her children, but later, She confessed to strapping the two little boys into the car and letting it roll into the lake while she watched it slowly sink, killing her children. More than eight days since Susan Smith claims a carjacker stole her two babies. What everyone hoped would be a joyous appearance by Susan and David Smith becomes yet another anguished plea. 
I would like to, to say to whoever has my children that they please, I mean, please bring them home to us where they belong. Smith said she didn't plan to kill her boys and that there was really no motive behind it, that she simply was not in her right mind. Susan battled mental health issues that were unchecked and became out of control. Like I said, Susan Smith is currently serving life in prison for the death of her two little boys. Patricia Krenzel. So everyone loves a good tan, you know, it's nice to have a little color, but some people take it a little too far. And Patricia Krenzel, better known as the tanning mom, came into the spotlight when she took her five-year-old daughter to a tanning bed in New Jersey. The 44-year-old was charged with second-degree child endangerment after the five-year-old suffered from a severe sunburn from the tanning bed. Patricia, of course, faced a lot of backlash for this, but even though what she did was against the law, she was not indicted. After all of this, she became pretty popular on social media, but for all the wrong reasons. I have to say something. I have to speak out. I just have to say this. First of all, number one, you don't know me. Oh, you see my mouth. No, I'm not on drugs. I don't take drugs. I don't like drugs. Because first and foremost, you don't even know when you take a drug what the drug is going to do to you. When I had... Uh, the back surgeries, the face surgeries, uh, I threw this out of my back. How dare you? You don't know me. Oh, this is what you think. I don't care what you think. Don't think. Think about yourself. Don't waste your time on me. I've moved on in my life. I'm trying to make things different. And, um, you know, we all have things that happen to us in our life. Tell me about the plates in your head. Did you, you actually had skull fractures? Somebody hit me when they were on steroids, and I almost died twice. Um, they had to put three plates in my head. So my equilibrium, and I'm anemic. I don't, like, eat meat and stuff like that. So my balance is always off, even if I had nothing. Excuse me, Dana. Um, nothing. Um, it, it's just incredible. Like, I will trip and bump into things, and I, if I bump into anything. I, I get that, and certainly head injuries can predispose that, but that, that's not what we were looking at in that footage. I mean, let's be fair. That was intoxication. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I swear on my life, polygraph, okay? Um, that's not me. Okay. I don't so, know so what happened you don't have So you don't have a substance problem. That was just a bad night for you, right? That's how we understand that? I, I call it complete exhaustion. After that, I left. I went to a spa for five days. Just to get away. I couldn't leave my house for three months. Okay. Okay. I don't know what happened that night. I swear on my life. People can see that you have some twitching in your mouth. Uh, to me, that looks like something called tardive dyskinesia, which is something from medication. Is that something you have? No. You don't have I, that. I have plates in my head and then my jaw. I like to tell this woman, she, and forgive me, you need to, like, be quiet. Because that really ticks me off. Yes, you got to call her back, my dear. We got to do television. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt the phone call. Who, who, who pray tell might you be speaking to? I'm my TV. I'll meet you. All right, all right, bye. Oh my God! All right, turn off. Thank you. Thank you for your attention.
There were a lot of memes made about her, a lot of jokes going around on the internet. And clearly, this is another mom that people love to hate. Brenda Slaby. Moms have it tough, you know? Things get hectic, they get stressed, they forget things, they can be very overwhelmed. That's really no excuse for the horrible tragedy that happened to Brenda Slaby's daughter. So Brenda has appeared on Oprah after being dubbed the most hated mom in America. And some have come to her defense saying that accidents happen and we should all leave this mom alone to grieve in peace. But others are crying neglect and believe that she should be locked away. And here's why. It was a hot day in August and Brenda's husband, Gary, usually took their one daughter to daycare and the other to a babysitter. But on this day... He asked his wife to take the one girl for him since he was running late. Brenda loaded up the two-year-old girl into her car and drove off at around 6 a.m. that morning, realizing it was too early to take the girl to her babysitter. So Brenda took her with her to do some errands. Her little daughter fell asleep in the car, and the silence caused the mom to forget that she was in there. Totally forgetting about her daughter, Brenda went to work and went about her day, and then at around 4 p.m. that day as she was getting ready to leave work, a co-worker who walked past her car came running in and saying, Brenda, your baby is in the car. Of course, it was too late. The little girl had already passed away, and Brenda received a lot of hate for what happened, making her one of the most hated moms of all time. When we heard the heartbreaking story of Brenda Slaby in 2008, it reminded us all that we need to slow down in our lives because this busy mother of two made a tragic mistake when she accidentally forgot to drop off her two-year-old daughter at the babysitter and left her in a sweltering car for nearly eight hours while she was at work. Little Cecilia died that day. This year, 33 children have died of heat stroke after being left in cars. 33 children. And so you're obviously not the only one. And everybody who is watching has at some point, maybe not everybody, but been so busy that you ended up home and you didn't even know how you got home. You drove yourself there and you don't even know how that happened because you kind of go unconscious. That's what happened to you that morning with your child in the car. Exactly. It's it's the worst. It's, It's like your brain just worked against you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had in my head where I needed to be. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. And you were not in the moment. You were trying to get to the moment. I was trying to get to the moment. Yeah. A real purpose for us doing that show at the time was to allow it to be a wake-up call to consciousness, a wake-up call for every one of us, whether you have children or don't have children. And I saw uh, Brenda's daughter, Cecilia, I saw this baby girl as really an an, an angel child uh, here on the planet Earth for two years, this story being broadcast around the world for all of us to be able to hear and feel and sense what it means to wake up and become conscious of the life that you're living right now. What do you think? Andrea Yates. Andrea Yates 
said to have been suffering from postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis, was convicted of capital murder in 2002 when she was sentenced to life in prison. In 2006, during her trial, she was moved to a high-security mental health facility, all because of what happened on one tragic day. So Yates was left alone with her five children, despite the doctor warning her husband not to do that. Her mother-in-law was supposed to come over to her house an hour after her husband had left her alone to take over for her because she needed some time to recoup after a psychiatrist determined that she was suicidal. But in that short one-hour time frame that she was alone, Yates managed to kill all five of her children. She started with three of her boys drowning them and then laying them in their beds. She then drowned her daughter in the bathtub and left her there when her last little boy came into the bathroom and asked her what was wrong with his sister. She chased him down and she drowned him and left him in the tub with his sister. She then called 911 and her husband and told him to come home immediately. Andrea, can you tell me your full and complete name? Andrea Yates. How old are you? 36. And what's your home address? 942 Beachcomber. Houston, Texas, 77062. Okay. And you and I have been talking for a while, right? Yes. You understand your rights? Yes. Okay, I'm going to read them to you again for the purposes of this recording, okay? Okay. And you have a right to remain silent, not to make any statement at all, and that any statement you make may be used against you and probably will be used against you at, a, at your trial. Do you understand that? Yes. Any statement you make may be used as evidence against you in court. Do you understand that? Yes. You have a right to have a lawyer present to advise you prior to and during any questioning. Do you understand that? Yes. If you are unable to employ a lawyer, you have a right to have a lawyer appointed to advise you prior to and during any questioning. Do you understand that? Yes. And you have a right to terminate this interview at any time. Do you understand that? Yes. You've been treated for depression, is that right? Yes. And who's your current doctor? Dr. Said. And the last time you saw him? Two, two days ago. Okay. This morning, uh, what time is it that you uh, got out of bed this morning? About 8.10. Okay. And who in your household was awake at that time? Um, my husband, Mary, Luke, and Paul. Okay. And what time does Rusty leave for work? He left about nine. And by the time Rusty left, were all your children awake at that time? Yes. Okay. What was going on in the household at that time? Were they eating breakfast? Yes. Or what? Yes. What were they having? Cereal. Is that what you had as well? Yes. And Rusty left, and you filled the bathtub with water, is that correct? Yes. And how many bathtubs are in your home? One. Okay. So it's just the, uh, the master bath, I guess you would call it? Yes. Okay, is it a regular-sized bathtub, or is it a big one? regular size. How far did you fill it? About three inches from the top. About three inches from the top, huh? 
after you drew the bath water, what was your intent? What were you about to do? Drown the children. The fact that she was having so many problems and still left alone with the children makes you wonder if she actually should be one of the most hated moms in America on this list. She was obviously battling really horrible mental health problems, and she wasn't getting the help or support she needed from her husband and those around her. Hopefully, she's getting the mental health care that she needs. Marianne Cotton Mary Ann Cotton was born in 1832, and she was a convicted serial killer who was hanged for her crimes. Mary had 13 kids of her own, and she's said to have had around 21 victims, three of them being her husband's and 11 of them her own children. Mary liked to poison her victims using arsenic, and her reason behind killing off three of her husbands was to collect their insurance policies. And if you like historical true crime stories, you know that this was pretty common back in the 1800s. There were a lot of cases of murder for insurance claims. Well, her father died when she was very young. So I think when she was eight years old, her father um, worked in the mines, down the mines, which most people did. It was either, you know, fishing or mining villages and towns. I think that was a very traumatic experience for her because he was brought back from the pit in a wheelbarrow in a sack labelled property of South Hatton Coal Company, which was the company he worked for. So I think that was definitely a huge part of some sort of change in her. She also ran off and, and, and got married very young. As most people got married very young anyway, but she, her and her husband went off to Cornwall. You know, all the evidence points to the fact that she was pregnant before marriage, so they, they eloped. And they lost the baby and then she uh, lost another three babies consecutively after that, which seemed to have been from natural causes. It was the beginning of the industrial era where families moved around from place to place to find work. There was no birth control, so it was not uncommon for families or women to poison their unwanted babies because they didn't have enough money to feed another mouth. There was no social security, there was no fallback. You know, poverty was rife and life was incredibly hard for the working class person. Well, this is the big question we hope to ask, really, and it's the question that I kept changing my mind about. You know, there was, I mean, obviously hundreds of thousands or millions of women li lived like Mary Ann did and cho chose not to murder their husbands or unwanted children. So she certainly was wired in a different way to other people. I mean, she absolutely was, you know. Th there's, she certainly had a, a mental illness of some kind. There's a darkness in you, Mary Ann. I had to hear from Maggie that you're married again. You missed nothing. It was no more use than the first. But whether she started out that way or whether it was a product of her environment, that's sort of the question, or whether it was a mixture of the two. I mean, in my mind, it was probably a mixture of the two because psychopaths, because they don't feel emotion in the same way that, that we do, they're often very um, promiscuous, which Marianne was. Um, she was, you know, quite happy to gain a husband and um, ensure his life and then pop him off. Um, <laughs> 
they don't have that same moral code that sort of we have instilled into us. And in our story, certainly, there's a relationship that she has or doesn't have or loses, should I say, with God. She begins to lose very early on in our story that connection because of all the pain she's gone through and she becomes very bitter towards God. So in my head, I think it's a mixture of the two and also the lack of opportunity for women. You know, they couldn't really work. If they could work, it was very limited options open to them. You could be a nurse or a nanny or work in the fishing villages or something like that, but it was menial, menial tasks, you know. Um, Marianne wanted to be a dressmaker, but there was just no call for that in the sort of poverty-stricken places where she was living. So um, she's somebody that always wanted to be better, to have more, always saw herself above the other people around her, which again is another, you know, general link in with psychopathy as well. So, yeah, she's quite an interesting girl. In modern times, the show Dark Angel was actually loosely based on Marianne Cotton's story. Following her death, like with Lizzie Borden, Mary had a nursery rhyme made up about the horrendous crimes that she had committed, and it goes a little something like this. Mary Ann Cotton, she's dead and rotten, lying in bed with her eyes wide open. Sing, sing, oh, what should I sing? Mary Ann Cotton, she's tied up with string. Where? Where? Up in the air, selling black puddings a penny a pair. Mary Ann Cotton, she's dead and forgotten, lying in bed with her bones all rotten. Sing, Sing, what can I sing? Marian Cotton, tied up with a string. Also known as the Black Widow, it's easy to understand how Mary ended up on this list, having had killed 11 of her 13 children. She's understandably one of the most hated women of all time. Lori Vallow. Soon after Lori Vallow became obsessed with and quickly married doomsday author Chad Daybell, her children, strangely, disappeared. And while police have now found the remains of J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan, there's still a lot to sort out. In September 2019, the two children of Lori Vallow vanished in Idaho, one after another. Son, J.J. Vallow, was last seen at school on September 24th, while daughter, Tylee Ryan, vanished three weeks before that. And two months earlier, Vallow's husband, Charles, had died under mysterious circumstances. After authorities questioned her about both his death and her missing children, she fled to Hawaii with her boyfriend and doomsday-obsessed author Chad Daybell. Daybell's own wife had died mysteriously just weeks before. But by November, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell were married in a laughter-filled ceremony on a Hawaii beach. The newlyweds seemed thoroughly unbothered by their missing children and even told people they met that she had no children at all. Increasingly suspicious authorities demanded that Vallow produce her children or else face justice. When the deadline came and went in February 2020, and she was not able to show that her children were alive, she was extradited and placed in custody for abandoning her kids. After a long time of being deemed not fit to stand trial, her competency was restored in April 2022, 
and proceedings are currently underway at the time of this recording. Where are your kids? No comment. No comment? They've been missing for four months. You have nothing to say? Chad and Lori Vallow-Daybell are set to go on trial. Their case has often led to more questions than answers. A mystery so strange and so violent that investigators are still piecing it together. I did exactly what I felt the Lord was instructing me to do. Here's what we know about the Daybell case and how an Arizona hairdresser and an Idaho author ended up at the center of a web of five suspicious deaths and allegedly cult-like religious beliefs. It was just before Christmas that police in Rexburg, Idaho, pleaded with the public for help. Two children were missing and hadn't been seen since September. Seven-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow was described as having special needs, including autism. Police said his 16-year-old sister, Tylee Ryan, was devoted to him. The FBI and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children were part of the search. Police said this doorbell camera footage was the last known video of J.J. The police said the children's mother, Lori Vallow, wasn't helping to find them and had never reported them missing at all. J.J. and Tylee's extended family hired private investigator Rich Robertson for help. I mean, that's the most mysterious thing. I mean, this, all of this attention uh, and all of this speculation, all this anxiety would just simply evaporate if they just said... Here are the kids. But Lori and Chad stayed quiet, issuing a statement via their attorney at the time calling Chad a, quote, loving husband and Lori a, quote, devoted mother. As the search continued for J.J. and Tylee, East Idaho News' Nate Eaton tracked the couple down on the sunny island of Kauai, thousands of miles away from Idaho. Just tell us where they are. Chad, where are Lori's kids? Police executing a search warrant on the couple in their car found Tylee's cell phone and items belonging to JJ, but there was no sign of the kids. Chad and Lori were also confronted by Dateline. Where are your kids? There's a lot of people who are worried about your kids. Are you guys worried about them? Authorities in Idaho had given Lori a January 30th deadline to prove the kids were okay, but she didn't show up. Then, on February 20th, Lori was arrested in Kauai and charged with felony desertion of J.J. and Tylee and misdemeanor charges of resisting and obstructing an officer, solicitation of a crime, and contempt. Lori made her first court appearance in Kauai before being extradited to Idaho. Her former high school friend, Bernadette Flores Lopez, told Inside Edition Digital at the time she couldn't believe the girl she remembered as a devout Mormon cheerleader was in the news for this. And speculation swirled about how this mom of three got to this place. I think she's so brainwashed and so far gone. This person that she's married to is writing books about doomsday and the end of the world. And you know, I know her book, her, her Mormon religion don't teach that. Chad wrote about his ability to communicate with people on the other side of the veil and see into the future after having two near-death experiences. His ideas also included the existence of past lives and that people could become possessed by demons or zombies. Ideas that Chad and Lori had about reincarnation weren't just a theological idea. They set Lori and Chad apart as significant figures. They didn't just teach that the second coming was near. They taught that they would be the leaders in a movement leading up to the second coming. 
Then, in June, investigators searching Chad Daybell's land discovered JJ and Tylee's remains. They said they had used cell phone data from Lori's brother, Alex Cox, to find the remains, which they believe Alex buried there. Chad was arrested and charged with willfully destroying, concealing, or altering evidence, and conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence. He has pleaded not guilty and has denied all allegations of wrongdoing. Anything you want to say, Chad? During his preliminary hearing, the court heard this phone call between Chad and Lori on the day the children's remains were found. Well, are you okay? The audio is hard to hear at times, but it sounds like Chad tells Lori he feels relieved. Lori is also facing felony charges of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence in the case of JJ and Tylee. She has also pleaded not guilty and denied all allegations of wrongdoing. Meanwhile, the investigation into Lori's husband Charles's death and the death of Chad's first wife, Tammy, continue. The state of Idaho announced Chad and Lori are under investigation for conspiracy, attempted murder, and or murder in Tammy's death. Julie Rowe, an author who worked with Chad, told Inside Edition Digital something he said just before Tammy's death disturbed her. Three weeks before Tammy dies, he said to me, and he was kind of in this frustrated voice, my plan can't move forward until Tammy's dead. Police in Arizona say Lori remains a person of interest in the shooting death of her fourth husband, who was seen in this body cam footage trying to get police to help Lori. So how does she pose a threat to your children? I don't know what she's going to do with them. I don't know if she's going to flee with them. She's going to hurt them. Charles Vallow had filed a petition for Lori to undergo an emergency mental health evaluation in January 2019, months before he was shot and killed by Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Cox himself died in December, and his death remains under investigation. Charles tells police multiple times he is worried Lori could hurt someone. This story is still unfolding, but Lori Vallow's actions have definitely placed her on this list of the most hated moms in America. Casey Anthony. Last but not least on our list is the infamous Casey Anthony. She may have been found not guilty of murdering her daughter Kaylee in her 2009 trial, but in the court of public opinion, Casey Anthony is definitely one of the worst moms in America. The story first broke on July 15, 2008, when Casey's mother, Cindy Anthony, frantically called police in Orlando, Florida, to report that she'd just learned that her granddaughter Kaylee was missing and had been missing for 31 days. I called a little bit ago, the deputy sheriff saying I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her mother finally admitted that she's been missing. Okay, what is what is here now? Okay, what is the address that you're calling from? Four nine three seven Hope Spring Drive. We're talking about a three year old little girl. Four nine three seven what? Hope Spring H O T E S P R I N G Drive Orlando. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba- the baby is where? But the babysitter took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. 
there's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee, C-A-Y-L-E-E, -E, Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, is she white, black, or Hispanic? She's white. How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. What is her date of birth? Um, eight, eight, nine, two thousand. Oh God, she's three. She's two thousand five. George King, listen. King, listen. King, listen. He took her a month ago. She's been missing for a month. Okay, I just, can, I need, I, I understand, can you just, can you calm down for me for just a minute and just, I need to know what's going on, okay? I'm going to try and talk. Is your, is your daughter there? I have fun with them. Is your daughter there? Yes. Can I speak with her? Do you mind if I speak with her? Thank you. I called them two hours ago. They haven't gotten here. They finally admitted to the very took her a month ago. Ma'am. Ma'am. Okay, they're here to talk. They want to talk to you. Answer the question. Hello? Hello? Yes. Hi. Well, can you can you tell me what's going on a little bit? I'm sorry? Can you tell me a little bit what's going on? My daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. And you know who has her? I know who has her. I've tried to contact her. I actually received a phone call today now from a number that is no longer in service. I did get to speak to my daughter for about a moment, about a minute. Okay, she, did you guys call I, and report a vehicle stolen? Um, yes, my mom did. Okay, it's okay so is it a vehicle thing. stolen too? No, this was my vehicle. What vehicle was stolen? Um, it's a 98 Pontiac Sunfire. Okay, I have deputies on the way to you right now for that. But now you're, now you're three old, okay, your three-year-old daughter is missing. Kaylee Anthony. Yes. White Kaylee female. Anthony. Yes, white female. Three years old, eight, nine, 2005 is her date of birth? Yes. And you last saw her a month ago? 31 days. From 31 days. Who has her? Do you have, do you have a name? Her name is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Who is that? Babysitter? She's, she's been my nanny for about a year and a half, almost two years. Can, can, why, why are you calling now? Why didn't you call 31 days ago? I've been looking for her and have gone through other resources to try to find her, which is stupid. Okay. But, can, you, can you give me the name of the, the nanny again? Like, spell it out for me? Zenaida, Z-E-N-A-I-D-A. -E Last name? Fernandez. Fernandez? Hyphen Gonzalez. I think the officers are here. The officers are there? Yes. Okay, hold on a second. Don't hang up with me yet. I need to... Okay. Casey told police that Kaylee was with a babysitter named Zenaida Gonzalez, or otherwise known as Zanny, but that story turned out to be made up. When police took Casey to Universal Studios, where she claimed that she worked, 
to investigate, they learned that she'd even lied about having a job there. Casey lied about a lot of things. Over the next few months, hundreds would search for Kaylee while law enforcement looked for clues. What they found would not lead to Kaylee, but it did lead to the October indictment of her mother, Casey, on seven criminal counts, including first-degree murder. Casey Anthony pleaded not guilty. In December 2008, Kaylee's decomposed remains were found in a wooded area not far from the Anthony home. There are a lot of theories regarding what happened to little Kaylee Anthony, but we definitely know that her mother Casey knows more than she let on about her daughter's death. And that lands her on the list of one of the most hated moms in America. And that's all I've got, you guys, for this quick little Mother's Day edition of True Crime IRL. I know my last few episodes have been short and a little different than my normal storytelling style, but that's because I'm working on a few new things coming your way soon. And as you may or may not know, I'm also the editor and producer of Truth and Justice with Bob Ruff and True Crime Binge now. So I'm trying to learn how to balance all the hats and still work on my own stuff and I am getting into the routine of it, but I promise I will have lots of good episodes coming your way very soon. I've got some really interesting stories that I'm working on and a lot of really good interviews with some experts in the true crime world. So I'm wishing a very happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. I hope it's a wonderful day for you. And remember, on Mother's Day and every day, lock your doors, people. Just just lock those doors. Lock them easy. Just turn the knob, click it, lock it. You know what to do. Bye-bye. True Crime IRL is written, produced, and hosted by Kelly Barron's Brink. Please subscribe to True Crime IRL wherever you get your podcasts and consider leaving a five-star review. Go to truecrimeirl.com for more information. Support the show by becoming a Patreon donor. Go to patreon.com slash truecrimeirlpodcast. You can also support the show by leaving a tip in the TCIRL tip jar. Go to truecrimeirl.com and click on the donate button. Or buy merch in the TCIRL merch shop truecrimeirl.com slash merch. Watch True Crime IRL on YouTube at youtube.com slash kellybrinktv. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at truecrimeirl, all one word. True Crime IRL theme music is produced by the captain at True Crime Garage. 